Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything, life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. Before we get started on today's podcast, let's talk about two different sponsors that we have. Our first sponsor is Love My Legs Own Sound Grey Bruce. Click on the link below in the description and head on over to their website, which is a Facebook site. It has all different kinds of women's leggings on there, and they have three different styles of waistbands. And they are the only lifetime guarantee in the business. So head on over to their their website, their Facebook page, and check out what they have to offer. Our second sponsor for today is T-Shirts, She-Shirts. Once again, click on the link below in the description and head on over to their website and see what they have to offer. They are more than just a T-Shirt company. All right, let's get started with today's podcast. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Surge Affect. In uh, today's episode, we are going to be showing you some clips on uh, what happened in the day when Tucker Carlson was in Edmonton. Of course, Tucker Carlson, uh, what he said, we're going to play it in its entirety. It's about 20 minutes long, ballpark. I might interject every once in a while, but it gives you an idea of what he said um, to all the people in the um, in the auditorium, or in the arena. And uh, right after that, I'll show you a clip about the uh, the uh, liberal the liberals uh, what they had to say about it and then I'll show you a few um, a few different things after that in regards to what he had said just to uh, maybe disprove a few things what people are trying to say in the mainstream media before we get started I just wanted to mention that uh, before I started using my my uh, my Roadcaster Pro 2 that I advertised the other day. Uh, Roadcaster 2, um, like I said, I, I put it up in uh, my picture up here the other day when I did a podcast. Uh, before that, I used a Zoom H4. Uh, it's a H4 Pro N, I believe. It has two uh, ports for XLRs. I'll put the picture up here as well as a link in the description below. Um, then I went to the Zoom H6, and I will put it up there as well the Zoom H6. The reason why I went to the Zoom H6 after the uh, H4, it has four XLRs. So you can do four uh, sound. And it's very mobile and uh, it runs on batteries. It's awesome. Uh, I will put the link for that in the bottom as well. And you can check it out. All right. So before we get started, I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to thank everyone for checking out the, uh, the Surge Effect. Thank you for subscribing to my channel. Thank you for liking my channel. Much appreciated. If you haven't already, please do that now, and then we'll uh, we'll start our we'll start our clip. Like I said, this is uh, Tucker Carlson. He is out at um, in Edmonton the other day, and the liberals absolutely his t-shirt was they lost their minds after he um, after he did this 20-minute speech. So here we go. Which I just love so much. I'm actually going to wear it in the privacy of my own home. Al freaking Berta, baby. Al freaking Berta, baby. What a great province this is. What a great country this is. 
In fact, I should just be told, I've never, actually never said this to anyone, including my wife, but I know that in Canada it's official policy that coming out of the closet is good, <laughs> unless you're the Prime Minister. Uh, but, so I'm going to, um, I'm going to reveal something about myself that I've never revealed, which is that I am part Canadian. And yes, I am. I, I actually am part Canadian. And I was thinking this morning, I was like, you know, I always say I'm the only American who's like legitimately interested in Canada, and I am. And I always have been. And I wonder, why am I so obsessed with Canada? And I thought, because I'm part Canadian. My great-grandfather, actually my father's family was in the colonies. And then they brought democracy, and they're like, we're out. We're going to Nova Scotia. And um, so they spent a couple hundred years there. The refuses, they're still there, by the way. I think they're all liberals. But... Um, and then my great-grandfather's like, I'm going to try that again. So he comes to the United States, and I'm here as a result. So I feel it in, in me is Canadian. And I've been all over your country. And uh, I've been everywhere in your country. And I just think it's a remarkable place. And I think people don't quite understand what Canada is because so much of it is bumped up against our border. And I would argue, no offense, that the least impressive places in Canada are right up against our border. But once you get past that, it's just unbelievable. I've been to this city a lot because of your mountains, which I just find beyond belief, really the prettiest places I've ever been. This country is the prettiest country I've ever been in. The second biggest country in the world, bigger than the United States, deeper oil reserves in the United States, more natural resources in the United States, and one-ninth the population. And when I hear the lunatics that run your government, are like, our population's growing, we're so excited. I'm like, really, you want to live in a crowded country? 40 million people in the world's second biggest country? That sounds like the kind of place I want to live. Keep in mind when he just basically said, you know, the people around the country are lunatics and uh, the, liberal, uh, the liberals just lose their mind saying that he's saying hate speech and everything else. Of course, they have the freedom of speech uh, in the States, the First Amendment right, and here we have the freedom of expression, of course. But uh, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, but, hey, sometimes people don't like the truth, but... Uh, the truth really doesn't care about your feelings, either do facts. It, it is what it is. So let's move on. Like, what are you even talking about, you morons? But anyway, um, so I've come to Canada a lot, and every time I come, uh, you know, so many things strike me. First and foremost, the natural beauty, the unbelievable natural beauty, prettier than Switzerland, in my opinion. Um, and the second thing I notice is the politeness of the people. That's real. And the third thing I notice is that all the comedians left decades ago. And it brings it out in me, and I, making fun of Canadians, and I, as I've already told you, and I, th I hope it's obvious, is done with love, but I just can't control myself, because no one will ever laugh at your joke. And so every time I go to Toronto, which I try not to do, but um, I do wind up there, every time I check in a hotel, I'm like, well, you guys have hot water? Like, where'd you get all the electricity? This is unbelievable. And they always have the same response, which is, we've had electricity for a long time, eh? Like, no, it's a joke. <laughs> you don't really have sled dog parking in front. I know that. No, we haven't had sled dogs in a long time, eh? And so, <laughs> I just love it. I've told so many sled dog and Molson jokes, it's just, and I'll never stop. But one of the reasons I do it is because I do think it's important to, to laugh at your circumstances, not simply because it makes you feel better, though it does, but because it, it gives you perspective on them. And humor requires some distance, some critical distance, both from yourself and from your surroundings. And you can't really see things clearly until you have that. And so if you have a country where the funny people feel like they have to leave, that's a huge problem. And that's the first problem. The second problem is you can't really be effective as a political movement or a resistance movement, which effectively you are, 
if you don't laugh at your enemies. Because not only are they evil, and they are, they're also ludicrous. They're ludicrous. And it's really important to say that because it saps their power immediately. Laughing at somebody, and if you're a married man, you know that, no, it's true. Your wife could come and hit you in the face with a two-by-four, and that would be less painful than having her laugh derisively at you, particularly when you get out of the shower. That would just end it for you. That would end it. Your male power would evaporate like a puddle on a hot day, like you'd be done, because it has that effect. And so to look at your enemies, like let's say you had some sort of weird prime minister like to dress up in fussy costumes. It would be super important to point that out a lot, like relentlessly. Somebody told me last night that his base, I, I was asked, we had this wonderful dinner last night with two of the most famous people in Canada, probably the two most famous people, Lord Black and my friend, Dr. Jordan Peterson. And I asked, um, I asked, like, is there anyone in the country who supports this guy? He's so, pr I mean, I know him only, I've never met him. I only know him through television. I know his cousin, Gavin Newsom, uh, pretty well, but I don't know. See, that's a joke. It's a joke. But when uh, Tucker was, was talking about uh, Trudeau dressing up, I'll show you some pictures. There's one. There's another one. Show you another one. And I'll show you another one. These are just some of them. You wouldn't believe it if you didn't see the see the pictures yourself. And of course, there's a the famous one there, dressing up in blackface. But he dressed up in blackface quite a bit. Anyway, not lying there. Truth. Oh, him. Is there anyone who takes him seriously? And they, everyone in the room said, oh, yeah, 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 young people, particularly young women, take him very seriously. They love him. And I thought, there's really only one way to combat that, and that's by pointing out what an absurd poser this guy is. He's like a ridiculous figure. Like, you should dislike and resist Justin Trudeau and his government to the maximum extent of your ability. But before you do that, before you do that, you should just laugh at him until you can't breathe. Seriously. The guy's like, he's showing up for a costume party when no one else is. There's no costume party, and there's Justin Trudeau. Like, speaking as some sort of moral voice. Weird little cross-dresser. So anyway, that's my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice, once you've done that, which is very effective, and I know it's not the Canadian way because it's such a polite society that everyone feels morally bound to take everyone else's point of view very seriously and sort of nod gravely and pretend to consider their perspective. But there are some perspectives that aren't in fact perspectives, they're attacks on you. And that's the main thing that I want to say in the short time allotted today, is that you should recognize what is happening to you. This is not a political debate to which you've been invited to participate. This is a destruction of you and your culture and your beliefs and your children and your future as a country. And that's not overstatement. It's provable statistically. So just take three steps back. If you have a government that is giving fentanyl to your children, as they are in BC, I notice your premier has a no fentanyl to kids policy, God bless her. Um, I know, and you're applauding. I mean, and I'm applauding, and I'm grateful. 
But how distorted is your world where you have to applaud the one politician? It's like, you know, we're not going to give fentanyl to the kids today. Okay, but then take two steps further back from that and ask yourself, if someone's giving fentanyl to your children, what, what, what's kind of the message of that? Well, they're trying to kill your children, obviously. Fentanyl? It's the number one cause of death under 40 in the United States. Number one in the whole country. Followed by suicide. If you want to know where we are, we're about two years behind you. And it's only because we have a louder media space than you do that we aren't ahead of you. But if someone's giving fentanyl to your children without telling you, they're trying to kill your children, which are your inheritance. So the only meaningful thing you will ever produce on earth, okay, are your children. That's the first thing to know. Second, if they are trying to kill you, and by the way, I know I'm offending everyone, even this group, because no one in Canada wants to talk about anything. It's like an Episcopalian Christmas dinner. And I grew up in that world, so I know everyone's had like three too many, and then someone will burn out, you wrecked my childhood! And then everyone will sit there in silence. <laughs> it's so awesome. Um, but Anglo-Canada, like Anglo everywhere, doesn't like to say anything out loud. But let me just do it anyway. Um, if you're killing 50,000 of your citizens, if the government is doing that through the MEAD program, and a lot of them are not actually terminally ill, they're just sad, and the government is encouraging them to submit to being killed by the government, and then won't release the re recent statistics, like, what is that? What is that? That's another thing he was talking about. Uh, the liberals were talking about hate speech and stuff, and, uh, of course, it's untruths. Sometimes when it doesn't fit their narrative, it's always, you know, somebody else's is hate speech, or they're telling uh, an untruth, or they're lying, or they're, or they're racist, or all that shit. But uh, what he's just describing here about a made program in, in Canada is true. Look it up. Yeah, it's genocide. That's exactly what it is. It's killing large groups of people. And who are those people, by the way? We don't, we don't know, because your government hasn't reached the stats. What percentage of those were born in Canada? I bet right around 100%. So if you're a government, you have the duty to your citizens, people who are from here, people whose ancestors built the place, not exclusively to them, but primarily to them, to your citizens. Like, why else do you exist except to serve your citizens? And if you're targeting your citizens, how many people who arrived in Canada in the last 10 years have opted into the MAID program? I don't know the answer. I'd bet around zero. That's all people who are from here. Another government brags, oh, we're saving money because they died. That's the darkest thing I can imagine. I bet there's zero conversation about that in this country because I know this country and I know what it's like. It's too horrible. No one wants to talk about it. You should talk about it. But more than anything, you should internalize the message of that, which is they hate me. They hate me to the point they're willing to kill me, which they are. And the third thing is notice the erosion of your most basic civil liberties, not the ones granted to you by the crown, but the ones granted to you by God. And those would include the freedom of speech which is inalienable. It cannot be taken from you no matter who is in Ottawa, or as we say, Ottawa. Which, by the way, is the correct pronunciation according to my friends in the Ojibwa community. I've pronounced it that way every time on television and I get all these angry, you know, you're pronouncing it incorrectly, you don't even know the name. It's like, yeah, I know a lot about Canada. I'm doing it on purpose to make fun of you so you will laugh, but you won't. And then this Ojibwa leader writes in and he goes, yeah, all the whites are wrong, it's actually Ottawa. Go Ottawa! Anyway, it does... Once again, liberals, they saying all oh, well, this hate speech and all that. Well, we're halfway through his, uh, his uh, speech in the arena. Halfway through? So far, so good, right? Here we go. It doesn't matter who's in the prime minister's office. 
your rights remain the same because you were born with them because you are not a slave, you're a human being, and you have inherent dignity because God made you. That's just a fact. And if they're taking those rights away piecemeal and doing so in the name of public safety, even as they make the public sphere much more dangerous, which they have, in case you haven't noticed, Canada has a lot more violent crime now than it did 20 years ago. Have you noticed? Of course you have. You live here. And if they're telling you you can't defend yourself against that crime, we're going to disarm you. You can't protect your life or your family. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's for the public safety. It's just not, not a big deal. These are weapons of war. No, they're weapons of self-defense, which you need and deserve as a free person, not a slave. And then they're telling you you can't complain about it. And then they're subsidizing the media to the point where all of your big media outlets, which are disgusting, are state media because they're taking state cash. Do you watch CBC? I do occasionally. I can turn in any hour of the day and I will learn that I am racist for driving an SUV and not being trans. That's, that's the whole schedule of CBC programming. So Tucker, of course, he's, he's, he's trying to be humorous as well as try to get a point across. Um, but when he's talking about CBC, well, I've covered in different podcasts. Taxpayers in Canada give CBC over a billion dollars a year of tax money. The liberals give them that money. Therefore, that's why he's calling them state-owned media. So far, I don't see any, you know, hate speech or untruth so far. So he's doing well. So here we go. But interpret that. That's not woke. Oh, it's woke. I hate the woke crap. It doesn't mean anything. They hate you. That's what they're saying. They're saying that you are bad. That's exactly what they're saying. Don't lie to yourselves. That's, what, that's all I'm saying. And we are very delusional in the United States because we're so distracted by stuff and electronic devices and the promise of next day delivery from Amazon of brightly colored plastic crap made in China that we tend to be slow to figure out what's going on. But Canada has a different restraint, which is a cultural one. It's an Anglo, specific Anglo-cultural one, which is just like, I don't want to deal with that. That's too uncomfortable. But in your heart anyway, even if you voice it to no one but yourself, know what the message is. And the message is, you are bad. I mean, I'm going to say the most controversial thing ever. I watched when Montreal was cleansed of its Anglo legacy. And I'm not anti-French, just for the the record, at all. But I am Anglo, and I had friends in Montreal. And in the span of a generation, like, that's all gone. They were forced out. And they're like, okay, I guess we'll go to Ontario. What? My grandfather built this city. I'm not going anywhere. How about that? That never occurred to anyone. Because no one could say out loud what was actually happening. This was a series of acts of hostility aimed at you because of things that you didn't choose, like how you were born. And once you keep allowing that, you have no future, okay? So if they're limiting your freedom to say what you think, which is a freedom of conscience, the most basic of all freedom, your freedom to defend yourself and your family against bodily harm, which has got to be a twin to the first one, if they're taking away your voting power by changing the population of your country, which they are doing, and no one wants to talk about that, Canada has the highest immigration rate in the world per capita. Well, listen to all the hate speech so far from Tucker. Just hateful. Hateful. Usually it doesn't follow the uh, liberal narrative. Everything else that doesn't suit their narrative is either, like I said, hateful or racist or, or you're just lying. And Shut up, racist! Oh, That's see? not racist. I don't care if they're there coming from go. New Zealand. I don't care if you're taking the population of Stockholm and moving them to Canada. 
if you change the population of the country, you change the country. And you dilute the voting power of the people who are vested in that country, the people who are born there, who have lived there long term. And if you don't believe exactly what he just said there in regards to diluting the population of your country, ask England and go check out what's going on in England right now. Who understand the history and the culture of the country, who are bought in. And all of a sudden, their vote means much less. It's math. You guys do that. Math. That's horrifying that this is happening. And there's no public debate over it whatsoever. Why do you think that's happening? Is it for economic reasons? I'd be kind of okay with that. If someone could stand up and say, we're totally changing the population of Canada because we think it's better for our economy. Okay, tell me how. We can have rational conversations. We're adults. I'm a citizen. This is my government too. Tell me how that works. But they can't because that's not true. Look at your housing prices. Look at the strain on your services. Look at your healthcare system, which no Canadian I meet brags about anymore. And one of the main reasons is it's overburdened. There are too many people. Oh, we need population growth. Really? Tell me, tell me why. Tell me why all of these slogans make sense. I've watched Canadian hockey from time to time. They literally say diversity is our strength before they open the, the game. Okay, what does that mean and, and why is it true? Shut up! No, I'm not going to shut up. You're telling me to accept a slogan, so it's incumbent on you to explain what the slogan means and why it makes sense. That seems like a common sense rule. If you're forcing something down my throat, tell me how it tastes before I swallow it. Oh, shut up, racist! No, no, not going to. Not racist, I'm not going to shut up. Answer the freaking question, you weird cross-dressing <laughs> prime minister. And the last thing I'll say, and I will stop with this because I'm sure I've gone beyond the time allotted. Keep going! I'm out of control! Unleashed in Canada! <laughs> um, the last thing I'll say, which also may be controversial because it sounds like a parochial concern or some sort of you know, weird religious thing or something, and it's not. But take a look at what they're doing to your Christians. And I say this for a couple of... I am a Christian, but that's not why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this because there's, there's kind of no more inoffensive and peaceful group in the world than the Christians. In fact, there isn't. Their religion t tells them, commands them to turn the other cheek and to put the concerns of others above their own concerns. So if you have a problem with those precepts, explain it to me. Speak slowly so I can understand. I think every person in this room, regardless of your faith, can agree, yeah, I'm for that. I wish I was more like that. That's good. We need more of those people in society. Serve others for the sake of service. People who pray for their enemies. Who does that? Who would pray for an enemy? No one, except the Christians, and they do. They're commanded to. So if you're hassling that group, maybe you've got another agenda that we should be concerned about, even if we're not in that group. If we burn 90 of their churches to the ground and the prime minister and his little weird buddies are endorsing that, burning churches, if you're on the side of burning churches, let me just say, I don't need any other facts of the case, you're on the wrong side. Also, the liberals of the clip I'm going to show you after this video clip, they didn't say anything about this, right? They never talked about what he was saying about the burning of the, of the churches out west, and they just never brought it up because they cherry-pick what they wanted pick so they can ex just tell the, the people on CBS and all the mainstream media what they want you to eat. 
is what they feed you. If you're throwing preachers in prison for preaching the Christian gospel, not for hurting anyone, not for making pipe bombs, not for trying to castrate other people's children, not for importing millions of people into your country who are not going to have work, just for the crime of preaching the Christian gospel, you go to jail. That's true. He's talking about Arthur Pulowski from uh, Alberta. Check it out. At the same time, when they're encouraging your kids to do drugs, and not just fentanyl, but weed, don't raise your hand if you have a 15-year-old son. But come up to me after and tell me what you think of legalized weed. For real. And, and if you have a 15-year-old son, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They did that to you and to your son on purpose. And so in a country like that, in a world like that, if you think that preaching the gospel is so dangerous that the people who do it need to be in prison in shackles, you're serving someone other than the people of Canada, if you know what I mean. That's really scary. And I don't care how much they dress it up in the passive-aggressive, self-help language of the modern left. Well, it's really about public safety. Every time I turn on your freaking television shows, everything's about public safety, which is a euphemism for hard-edged fascism, actually. And frankly, I'm a little bit more comfortable with the old-fashioned variety, where guys in tight uniforms goose-step through your town, because at least you know who you're fighting. And you know what it's going to take to liberate your town. Get rid of these people and everything will be okay. But when they show up and they're therapists with advanced degrees, and they look at you in the face and say, no, actually, little Dylan just needs more fentanyl. Little Dylan's actually a girl. And we're going to, yes, he's a girl. Sorry, she's a girl. She's a girl. And if you don't agree, well, maybe we may have to remove Dylan to more care-affirming custody. Oh, you're going to take my kids away because I don't want to castrate them. They'll never say that, of course, because clear language is their enemy, because clear language exposes who they really are. They're not people who are trying to help you. They are people who are trying to hurt you. Anyone who goes after your children, anyone who encourages you to have fewer children, is trying to make you extinct. It's literally that simple. And it's only in the advanced West that we don't see that. Try that crap in Bulgaria. Try that in Serbia. How do you think that would fly in Serbia? We're just going to give little Voldok some fentanyl. And we think, you know, he may be... You wouldn't even get to the next sentence before you got shot. Because you're trying to kill someone's kids. And your average Serb, whatever you think of them, doesn't have generations of therapy talk that acts as a logical intermediary in his brain and prevents him from seeing what's actually going on here. They're trying to kill my kids. I'm the father. I won't allow it. I'll lay my life down to prevent it. It's literally that simple. So I'll stop with this. The answer, before you take any sort of action or imagine that some election is going to fix things, comma, which it's not, spoiler alert, because this country, like every country, every country, very much, and maybe especially including my country, has a lot of frauds in that business. Sorry. It does. Uh, I would know. It's the one thing I know a lot about. Before any of that takes place, you need to change inside. Your attitudes need to change. And your timidity needs to be replaced by bravery. The muddled 
thinking that you have about this stuff, the average normal Canadian, just like the average normal American, sees this stuff pop up on his phone or he's on X and he's like, I can't believe it, the world's going to hell. But it's scattershot. There's one here, one there, one there. No, it's not scattershot. It's of a piece. It's of a piece. They're all connected. And it's aimed at you. And if you don't agree, tell me how I'm wrong. But I'm not wrong. I'm right. And so the first thing that you need to do before changing anything in your country is to change everything about your heart. You have to be ready for a contest where the stakes are existential, which they are. And with that, I will stop. Thank you. So that was Tucker Carlson's 20-minute speech there. And uh, like I said, the liberals just went unhinged over the whole thing. They lost their minds. The CBC, of course, were covering it. And CBC, of course, is paid, bought and paid for by the libs. Said liberal ministers blast Alberta Premier Daniel Smith for hosting Tucker Carlson. It also says, do not summon the dogs of mega conservatism to try and scare us, liberal cabinet minister says. That was written by CBC, right there, CBC News, right there. And I'm going to show you now a little video clip of them actually talking about it. But just before I do that, when, when they say about MAGA, the MAGA right and everything else, MAGA stands for Make America Great Again. It's no different than make Canada great again. I mean, don't you, doesn't everyone want to be great again at some point, whether you're a country or whether you are, um, you know, improving your personal health, your personal growth? You want to be better. Always want to be better. You want to be maybe the way you were 10 years ago, maybe five years ago or three years ago. You want to be better. Self-improvement. Country's no different. So these people that say this far left MAGA stuff, that's just a saying. Just like the saying that Tucker was talking about with diversity saying that diversity is our strength. Show me the stats on that. Just show them. It's just, it's just a catchword that politicians use. They all use it because it's, they're all one big cabal, and they all use the same type of wording. All right, so before I just play this next little clip, like I said, this is of the, uh, the ministers, obviously upset about Tucker being in Edmonton. It's about um, three minutes, three minutes and a bit uh, clip. Here we go. So uh, we're here, I'm here with my colleagues, the Liberal Caucus members, ministers all, to talk about what happened last night in Edmonton when the Premier of the province of Alberta, Daniel Smith, invites Tucker Carlson right into the heart of my riding. You can tell a lot about a person by the company they keep. And I have knocked those doors in Edmonton Centre. And I know how progressive a riding Edmonton Centre is. I've represented it since 2015. And for Daniel Smith, to bring the mouthpiece of the mega conservative far right to Edmonton Center to spew hate about LGBTQ2 people is beyond the pale, it's deplorable, and we won't stand for it. And I can tell you, it is completely unacceptable for the premier of any province to say that she wants to put a target on the back of any Canadian politician. Like what you just saying about spewing hate about LGBTQ, you just listen to the whole 20 minute uh, speech he just did there, and I don't know, just shoot yourself on that one. Uh, when he's just talking uh, about Daniel Smith and him having an interview, yes, Daniel Smith said about putting a um, 
crosshairs or something like that on Stephen Gabol. Well, Stephen Gabol is the climate czar, of course, here in Canada. And it's just a figure of speech. It's like shining a spotlight on somebody, right? You're going to shine a spotlight on somebody. Does that mean you're in theater arts? I mean, it's just a figure of speech. It's just a way to, to say something. Not like you're literally putting a target on somebody. It's just like, let's put a spotlight on this guy and, and show him what he really is. You know, that's all. But they take this stuff to the extreme because they're far left, just like they are in the States. The exact same thing. The Democrats down the States, liberals here, they're one and the same. And my friend and colleague Stephen Gilbo, simply for doing his job. You can have respectful discourse in this country. You can raise the issue. You can bang your fist on a table at a FedProv meeting. That's all legit. But you do not summon the dogs of MAGA conservatism to come and somehow scare, try to scare us and to try to incite violence against politicians of any stripe. It's not acceptable. And if she would take her job seriously, she'd actually be focused on housing, on climate change, on actually solving the issues of Albertans, like forgetting her ridiculous proposal on CPP, instead of trying to summon uh, evil forces from the United States to try to take on one of our colleagues. We're just going to go past Rodriguez there because he's going to speak. Uh, he's going to speak French there for a while, so we'll just pass him a little bit. Um, as your colleague was saying, was targeted. I mean, how do you feel about I, I mean, this goes beyond me and the fact that I was targeted yeah, last night at, at this event. This is Stephen Gabolt, In case no one knows, uh, this this guy actually uh, years ago climbed the CN Tower uh, in protest for the climate. And uh, there's pictures of him all over the internet uh, being charged, of course, and walked away in handcuffed with the police. And uh, Trudeau made him the environmental minister. The or he's our climate czar for uh, climate change because they don't call it global warming anymore. It's climate change because global warming had a bit of a different uh, spin on it. So now they've switched it over to climate change. And this increases political violence against Everyone who runs for office in this country, whether they're doing it at the municipal... It's not political violence. Daniel Smith just made a statement. She, she just chose the wrong word, just like I said. She said, you know, could you put a target on Stephen Gabol? She should have said put a spotlight on him or raise awareness to him or something, because this is what they'll clap onto. They'll clap onto that, like the Nazi flag during the Ottawa uh, truckers. They, they hung onto that flag, which was... In my opinion, I've covered it in my other uh, podcast and I actually got a close-up of the person carrying the flag. Um, it was about a two-minute blurb of them running out, you know, taking the photo op of the flag, jumping in a car, and then taking off. And they talked about it for months afterwards, basically trying to, to, to paint them all as Nazis that were at the, uh, at the Ottawa for the truckers. Level at the provincial level or at the federal level? As my friend and colleague Randy said, like we can have differences of opinion. We can bang our fist on, on, on the table when, when, when we meet. We can have strong disagreement. But, but, but to, to, to incite violence against... No inciting of any violence. People who disagree with you, that's not how things should be done in can Canada. Can you clarify what is the violence? What is the violence? I, I think that Mr. Alton said this in French. What is the violence that they are bringing to Canada? What is the political violence that you're talking about? Just to be very clear. Well, to they can't be clear because there isn't any. But to, to put a, a target on, on someone's back, for example. To name what is the evil, to put what someone is the in evil crosshairs. that you say they're bringing here? I mean, uh, spewing hate speech about LGBTQ people. You heard the same thing I heard for 20 minutes. I didn't hear a lot of hate speech about LGBTQ trying to bring the kind of division that they have in the United States north of the border. Um, 
MAGA style conservatism has no division. They should look no further with until the the company that they keep, like he just said a little while ago about he tells a lot about a person about the company they keep. The Prime Minister of Canada literally called the people of Canada that didn't want to get the vaccine racists, misogynists, and do we tolerate these people? Talk about divisiveness. Come on. Place in Canada, and it's trying to reach into through our borders. And as Minister Rodriguez has said, conservative premiers, instead of doing their jobs, are trying to invite this wave of populism. And I can tell you, it's making newcomers nervous and fearful. People in the LGBTQ2 community do not feel safe. See how they're trying to draw other people into into it. And uh, the more people they can get on their side, right, then they'll they'll kind of back them instead. You got to be able to look through this nonsense. Eh? You got to be able to look through this bullshit that people are that these uh, liberals are trying to uh, put, put towards people. And it's, um, it's so transparent. It's just, it's almost clear, you know, it's, it's just crazy. But this is the same uh, time that they were being asked questions. And this is Stephen Gabolt being asked a question again. Are you not contributing to the divide? Should he not have been led into the country? You're all familiar with his rhetoric. He's been doing this for years. So what, should he have been stopped at the border? I think he, his words should be condemned. We cannot accept that in Canada. This is not us, and it's, this will never be. This will never be us. Are you not contributing to the divide by coming out here and comparing Polyev to this and making this about him? Are you not contributing to the divide by doing that? If your government has been accused, we're, we're not comparing Polyev to him. I think what, what you're not. Have you looked at your own advertising from Mr. your own His advertising towards Polyev, they've all just been brutal. Check out your Twitter feeds. Facebook feeds, mostly Twitter feeds, they're just relentless on Pierre Polyev. You know why? Because Pierre Polyev is kicking their ass. But it's okay for them to be divisive against Pierre. But the other way around, people can't say anything about them. They say something about them. It's all it's hate speech, and it's all that stuff, right? Mr. Mr. What Mr. Rodriguez just said is he said I I I I'm asking Pierre Polyev, the leader of the opposition, yeah. to condemn those hateful and violent Absolutely. statement by, by by Tucker Carlson. Look, that's enough of the questions, and she just kind of drags off the uh, the four liberal MPs. It's quite something when you uh, when you watch all that stuff close up. Now, the one um, minister there was saying about, uh, you know, the company that you keep and uh, the company they keep is their prime minister, Justin Trudeau. And this is eight years of Justin Trudeau in a bit of a nutshell. And this isn't even all of it. This, is, this isn't even the stuff that came out in the last several months about, about the Arrive scam app, the $54 million. This is other stuff. Have a listen to feel disappointed in your government when every day there's a new scandal. Those are the words of the Prime Minister in 2013. But after eight years of his own leadership, we have a Canada that feels broken, according to most Canadians. They've broken family budgets, they've broken the bail system, and again, they've broken the law. This time, it's the Prime Minister's parliamentary secretary. This is the sixth consecutive ethics breach from these Liberals. No accountability for any of these cases. Why does nobody over there get fired? Justin Trudeau now becomes the first prime minister to break Canada's federal ethics laws. Canada's ethics commissioner has found the prime minister violated the Conflict of Interest Act and that he did seek to improperly influence then Attorney General and Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould. Finance Minister Bill Morneau is now under investigation by the ethics commissioner. 
The big question here whether there was a conflict of interest when Morneau sponsored a pension bill while still owning shares in his family's pension company. Ethics Commissioner Mario Dion was investigating a lucrative Arctic surf clam license LeBlanc issued when he was Minister of Fisheries. The company he awarded that license to was linked to his wife's cousin, and Dion says the cousin stood to financially benefit from the grant. Another Liberal cabinet minister was called out today for breaking federal ethics rules by awarding two contracts to a friend she has known for nearly 20 years. Another Liberal, another apology. The latest from Quebec MP Greg Fergus found to have violated the Conflict of Interest Act. Ethics Commissioner is now recommending training to all ministers and parliamentary secretaries. Training isn't going to stop people who are uh, devoted to doing the wrong thing. Isn't that something? So, you know, you tell a lot about somebody with the company that they keep. That was the quote that the Liberal MP actually said to him, said right out loud there. Now, they also said about Tucker Carlson rhetoric, and uh, what he's doing is asking questions. I mean, we all should ask questions. We're not just going to take things at face value. That's not how we go through life. We listen to what people have to say. Go find out for yourself. Same with this podcast. Please go and you know look look for yourself. The stuff that I tell you about, go online, check it out yourself. I'm just going to show you a couple of more quick videos and. These are a couple of things that Tucker Carlson has talked about. These are things that I've talked about. The mainstream media feeds you one story, and it's up to you to find out the rest. Find out yourself. It's no different when you research something. You don't just take one person's research about it. You, you do several. Do several research about something before you buy something. This is the same thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you this one here, and this one is about what Tucker talks about is uh, – well, now it's called climate change. It used to be called global warming. And here is a uh, very interesting clip. Check this out. A man who co-founded the Weather Channel thinks climate change is a hoax. His name is John Coleman. Hello to all your viewers. I resent you calling me a denier. That is a, a word meant to put me down. I'm a skeptic about climate change. And I want to make it darn clear, Mr. Kenny is not a scientist. I am. He's the CEO of the Weather Channel now. I was the founder of the Weather Channel, not the co-founder. And I'm glad you did, because I am addicted to the Weather Channel. I watch a lot of cable news. Now. Hold on just well, a minute. I'm not done. And CNN has taken a very strong position on global warming that, is, that it is a consensus. Well, there is no consensus in science. Science isn't a vote. Science is about facts. And if you get down to the hard, cold facts, uh, there's no question about it. Climate change is not happening. There is no significant man-made global warming now. There hasn't been any in the past, and there's no reason to expect any in the future. There's a whole lot of baloney. And yes, it, is, it has become a big political point of the Democratic Party and part of their platform. And I regret it's become political instead of scientific. But the science is on my side. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion about the topic right here. What I do wonder, oh, I know though, we're is when not, you because see you wouldn't the... allow it to happen on CNN, but I'm happy well, that I got on the air and got a chance to talk to your, uh, to your viewers. Hello, everybody. What there I do, is no global warming. What I do wonder is when you see the government, when you see NASA, when you see other institutions say that 97% of climate scientists agree, do you think they're making it up? I, I, what I don't understand is how you well, square that. Well, that's a manipulated that. figure, and let me explain it to you. Uh, this, the uh, government 
puts out about $2.5 billion directly for climate research every year. It only gives that money to scientists who will produce scientific results that support the global warming hypothesis of the Democrat Party position. So they don't have any choice. If you're going to get the money, you've got to support their position. Therefore, 97% of the scientific reports published support global warming. Why? Because those are the ones the government pays for, and that's where the money is. It's real simple, but that doesn't mean it's right. See that? So there's one clip in regards to global warming and, of course, climate change. That's one of the things that Tucker Carlson talks about, but they think he's a kook. They think there's something wrong with the guy. They think that there's – just because he asks questions – I mean, like I said, everyone should ask questions. Everyone should ask questions. And here's another question you should be asking. I'm going to show you this clip. This clip is, has to do with election interference and election manipulation. Now, people down in the state said that, oh, there was no election interference, and the election just ran fine, and there was no shenanigans going on. Well, I'm going to show you this clip right here. I've showed it in, in uh, podcast past, but I'm going to show it to you again, and you can have a good listen. And this is... Pretty much self-explanatory. In a nutshell, we've, we found several other things using uh, open source data. Um, there is a, uh, a gentleman named Eric Lutzen, and um, he has matched up a list. He started looking at voters above the age of 80 that were um, registered for voting and, and did vote on, uh, in, in Michigan. And 17,327 uh, Michigan voters also had a corresponding obituary, and uh, I didn't print that whole thing out, but I can give you that uh, website for the tabular data, um, and it's uh, about 350 pages or so. So in the, uh, the essence of time, I'll uh, close it out. We'd be happy to, uh, to chat to if, if there's any other specific information that I can provide to you about our findings. That was at a hearing, and that was 18,000 dead people who voted. 18,000 dead people. They got the information from obituaries. So that's 18,000 people who voted that are dead. That in itself is shenanigans. But yet the liberals would have you believe that there was nothing to see here, nothing to see. So these are types of things, like I said, that you know Tucker Carlson asked questions about. I ask questions about any reasonable thinking human being would ask questions in regards to a guy who basically ran a, uh, a whole election in his basement. He had one guy in his basement, didn't debate, didn't do any mass rallies, but won by 81 million people. More people than Barack Obama won. By. And Barack Obama was one of the most popular presidents in American history. This guy wins 81 million votes by doing the things I just said. And it's like, it boggles my mind how this occurred. Because they stopped counting the night before, if you remember correctly. And then they moved on. And these are just questions. I'm rambling a little bit. These are just questions, like I said, that Tucker Carlson asks. I've asked. There's numerous other people who ask. Can we just get a journalist or journalists to do a good job and try to get to the bottom of what's going on without being called a crazy person or a kook or 
or a, a far-right extremist or anything like that. Why? Because you don't suit the narrative from the liberals or the Democrats. You don't, you don't suit the narrative that they uh, always keep pushing forward in their mainstream media that they bought and paid for. It just doesn't make any sense, folks. We have to ask some questions. That's it. Simple, plain and simple. All right, listen, that's it for my podcast and for my little rant. Um, it's fairly long just because of the 20-minute uh, uh, speech from uh, Tucker Carlson. So uh, hopefully I'll be popping another podcast in a few more days, and uh, we'll be talking about some other stuff that's uh, in the news cycle, of course. Uh, but until next time, everyone, thank you very much for subscribing and liking my channel. And I can be found on Spotify. I can be found on Apple or Android just by typing in The Surge Affect with an A, of course. You will see my black logo for The Surge Effect. You click on that, you can download stuff, all in audio. Listen to me when you're in your truck, going to work, breaking your leaves, shoveling your snow here in Canada. Um, I can also be found on Twitter, of course, and, uh, and YouTube. Please, like I said, don't forget to subscribe and like and share my channel. It's very important. Plus, there's a little bell right there. When you check that little bell, when you check it, what happens is you are notified immediately when I post new material to my channel. All right. Have yourself a great day, folks. And until next podcast, have a great day. Cheers. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsshishirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, the surge effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.